guys, welcome to Cold Film Interview, the podcast where we discuss the films you love, but no one else gets, and we see if they still hold up. Tonight, hey, we're podcasting here. We're podcasting here because we're talking about Midnight Cowboy. So let's start the show. Your Hollywood system stole our sex and co-opted our violence, so there's nothing left for our kinds of movies. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> where in the hell are we? I'm so sure. Want a date? Listen, sister. If I want your opinion, I'll beat it out of you. This whole thing is turned into a theatrical mockery. You understand that, Mike? Stop eating my sesame cake. Just look like you like me, and let's stand on. All right? No. It snakes after this big. Wolfman's got Mars. What did I say? No jelly rolls. What are you going to do to me, Daddy? And you can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. Because, hey, motherfucker. Hey guys, thanks for joining the cult. Uh, we really appreciate you joining us this week, each and every week. Make sure you do us a favor and subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. We'll give you a shout out at the end of the show. We have one to do tonight. Shout out! That's right. Uh, so stick, uh, stay, stick tuned. Stick tuned. Stay tuned stick for it. that. You can stick, stick or stay. You can whatever you like. Stay tuned for that at the end of the show. Then head over to our YouTube page, like and subscribe there, and then head over to RedBubble.com. Buy a shirt. CFIR, search it in the search bar. We say it every week. Thank you for doing that. Uh, as always, I am joined by Kyle Smith. Hey, how's it going? Chris Wilbert. Hey, what's up? And Michael Salucio. Hello, everyone. Tonight, we are talking about Midnight Cowboy. It was directed by John Schlesinger. Schlesinger? Schlesinger. Schlesinger. <laughs> in 1969, had a budget of $3.2 million, made $44 million in the box office, was filmed in Texas and New York, had a rating of X, actually currently has a rating of R, and has a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. This is Chris's pick. Chris, why'd you pick Midnight Cowboy? This was kind of a little bit of a random one for me. Um, I actually received a couple of film reels, 35 millimeter film reels from my parents for as a gift. And I was like, you know what? Like these used to have tags on them. I can't remember which one's which, and I can't even remember exactly what they are. So I started unrolling one of the reels and discovered that it was the first 20 minutes of Midnight Cowboy. And so I was like, you know what? I tried to rent this when I was a kid, like younger, and I wasn't, didn't really get into it. Maybe I'll appreciate it a lot more now. Um, and, it, you know, from what I knew, it was a fairly important film at the time. It was an Oscar-winning film. Um, it maybe dealt with some things that were interesting for an Oscar-winning film. Um, and, yeah, I wanted to just check it out, you know, fully start to finish. And I didn't know if anybody here had actually seen this film either. When you, when you said you were a kid, how, what do you mean? How old? Yeah, maybe like 14. Okay. Yeah. I was like, like old five-year-old Chris no, sitting no, in front no, of the no. TV getting down. When I, I could like, go to nah, the... for me. When I could go to the <laughs> video store and just, like, pick out what I wanted, you yeah. know, it was always one that... I, I, I did pick it up, but I don't remember being into it. I think I, maybe I didn't even finish it at the time. Kyle, had you seen Midnight Cowboy before? Have you heard of it before? Oh yeah, absolutely heard of it. I mean, this is this is one of those films that's on several lists and is an incredibly important historical film. Um, I hadn't seen it all the way through. I I distinctly remember there's a few times where I put it on and I started watching it, and for whatever reason, I was distracted or just not sucked into it. So I kind of I don't know. I bounced out usually in the first twenty minutes. Mike, I tried to watch this when I was a kid. <laughs> what is with everyone trying to watch this when they're it a kid? What's on, your kid uh, age? What's your kid yeah. age? I feel like pretty young, man. Like, like nine? Yeah, I was like eight or nine. I was like in my 20s, so. Yeah, and I remember I, yeah, I couldn't get through it at, at that time. 
but I didn't see it with adult eyes. <laughs> Had I seen it with adult eyes, I you may have. You just saw it with like, cowboys are cool. You yeah, needed, you I was like, more, this, this uh, adult is no, eyes this on you. cowboy sucks and it's not even midnight. <laughs> I thought this was a western. Uh, all this takes place in the day. Man, am I got ripped off on this film. <laughs> <laughs> so I had never seen this film before. Uh, and apparently, I, in my mind, I, for, for some reason, I like maybe get this in, was it Drugstore Cowboy mixed up for some reason? Yeah. Just because Cowboy's in the title. Uh, well, after, you should have got confused with a lot of movies. Yeah. Then, huh? Well, after watching this film, I, I, it made me realize that I was like, I was like, oh, shit. I don't know, like, Dustin Hoffman's career as an actor at all. Really? Yeah. Like, oh. Maybe not, like, the early years. No, or, like, not the, even the later years. Uh, 60s, you, 70s. You're, you really should dive in. He's a pretty solid actor. Yeah. And then right. He and, makes every movie better. And then it's like... It's watch like, Hook, did you? All right. No, Hook, yeah, I've seen Hook, but you don't even know it's him. That's how good he is. <laughs> um, and then it also made me realize that the only thing I know John Voight from is literally Anaconda. <laughs> So I was worried. I thought you were going to say Tomb Raider. No. <laughs> so it made me realize that too. Uh, and uh, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I don't know. Cody watches movies. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah. So it was my first time seeing it. And I, I didn't know, I didn't look into it before I started it, went in blind, didn't know what to expect either. So you should watch Marathon Man next. Marathon Man? Yeah. No. This Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. That's Oh, next Dustin Hoffman movie I should yeah, watch. Should watch. Okay. Yeah, that's a good movie. Remember when right. you saw him in Dick Tracy? <laughs> no. Yeah, Mumble. <laughs> he was he was Mumbles. Yeah. He's probably done like five Dustin Hoffman films and he's just like, who? <laughs> Again, unrecognizable. The graduate. When we reviewed the graduate, Cody. No. We haven't done uh, the graduate yet. We're not probably. But no, it made me. <laughs> He's putting his foot down. <laughs> this is as far as I go. <laughs> no more Dustin Hoffman. Except for Hook. What? Except for Hook. Yeah, maybe Hook. I, w- I would totally I'm, pick I'm, Hook in a heartbeat. I might break my, my Hoffman rule for, for Hook. Dude, there's like Dog Day Afternoon. That's considered kind of a. That's a great movie, too. Yeah. He's not in Dog Day Afternoon. Isn't he? It's Al Pacino. Pacino. Yeah. Uh, whatever. They're, they're getting confused. And they're both in Dick Tracy, <laughs> Stop too. saying stuff convincingly, because I'm yeah. agreeing with you, you bastard. <laughs> yeah! Wait! <laughs> so, uh, we should probably figure out what this movie is about. So, maybe it's time for Plots with Mike? You bet it is. Guys, Joe Buck. He's a young man. He's from Texas. And he decides, you know what? I'm going to quit my burger-flipping job. He was a plate washer. Cool. <laughs> he was actually a yeah a dishwasher a plate D- white. I mean, I don't think it was just one specific dish that he did. <laughs> Kyle, I, don't know, I, I, I think he handled just the burger. You working in a goddamn thing? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> he hadn't quite got that promotion to yeah. mugs. <laughs> we don't trust old Joe with those mugs. You break the handle off. What do you got? A cop just got weird shapes, guys. I just don't know. <laughs> Anyway, so Joe Bucky decides he's going to quit his job, move off to the big city to pursue his dreams. His dreams just so happen to be prostitution. So Joe Buck uh, starts trying to learn the ropes of how to be a New York City playboy. And uh, he runs into old Ratso Rizzo, who is a... Uh, uh, he's just like a homeless dude. He's a homeless con he's man. He's just a homeless con man. He cons him for money. Gets real mad. His life starts kind of going downhill as if it wasn't already going downhill enough. Uh, And as soon as you think maybe he hits rock bottom, he meets old Ratso again. They become friends. Things start getting a little bit better. And uh, I won't ruin the rest of this movie, but it takes place at midnight. 
<laughs> Go on. I'm sorry. Does it really take place overnight? I have no idea. Who knows? <laughs> I'm guessing at some point, I'm sure it did. Let, but let's <laughs> take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk more about Midnight Cowboy. Hey, Chaos. I sure have enjoyed being here. I believe it's as fine a time as I've ever had in my damn life. Me too, mother. Well, that's good. It is, because, uh, well, hell, the way you make me feel so damn at home here, I almost hate to bring up business. Yeah, it's murder, isn't it? One line of in, sweetie. Set me up with your checks. Maury's always complaining about his ulcers. Yeah, well, I don't know what line Moore's in, but uh, myself now, I'm a kind of hustler. And we're back. We're talking about Midnight Cowboy. Came out in 1969. Had a budget of $3.2 million. Made 44 in the box office. Chris's pick. Let's get into it. <laughs> nice little summary there. Uh, first, we got to talk about the main character, who is uh, Joe Buck. Let's. I, I want to get into Joe Buck. Let's talk about Joe Buck. Played by John Voight. Played by John Voight. First movie. Did you like him right away? Yes. Yeah. Didn't have a problem with... No, he looks I the part. He, I thought he was such a likable character right off the bat, for sure. I will say that I thought his uh, acting got better as the movie went on. At I, first, I kind of was like, this is not his best. Right. And then... Well, we'll get into it, but I mean, halfway into the film, I would, that uh, changes. I a hundred percent agree with you. I yeah. think that I think what I don't know if they filmed this in like a fucking chronological order, but it yeah. definitely seems like his performance and in inhabiting that character got just better throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought it was all throughout. All I don't right, think Cody, I had no problems. Ruin our with dreams. It. I guess I didn't expect the character, the type of character that he was playing. Because me either. Like I, I agree. I, I thought it was going to be a little bit more of a serious character, but he's a very lighthearted character. Actually, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't think it was he was going to be because again, going into this not knowing anything, I didn't think Joe Buck was going to be so uh, childlike. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was, Immature. Uh, I, I would, naive. Naive. No, yeah. I would even go with with chi- with with childlike. Yeah, naive, I think, is the best Yeah, word. naive. Yeah. Unaware of the dangers of the world. Here's my thing is, I think he's psychologically stuck in a certain age. Uh, I think I think he is as well, but, I mean, I think a lot of the backstory kind of feeds into, I think, that, right? Oh, yeah, a definitely. Of, a, lot of, a lot of his upbringing... Which we see, which we see in the beginning of this film on the his bus ride to New York. There's he keeps passing by these different landmarks of these different parts of of, of you know back you know Texas, mm-hmm. and it's like he, they're reminding him of all these weird things. And at first, uh, when you watch the film, it's kind of like, where's this going? Where's this coming from? Like, yeah. what are these like weird flashbacks and what do they mean? And I actually Wait. really loved it watching the film. I was so like, do I, and they really never go that far into them. They kind of leave it up to the viewer to make their own assumptions. I think they give enough to kind of let you decide his, who to, to let you create an idea of who he mentally is as a person. Because he's just a, he's a plate washer as we found out earlier, just the plates. He um, yeah. And uh, <laughs> he, uh, and, and he quits his job basically to go to New York and, and become a male prostitute which I got to imagine for his character just because of, I'm guessing, the family abuse that he went to by being abandoned by his mother, left with his grandmother, and then um, I'm guessing 
raped. Yeah, sexually abused by a yes. group of people, it seems well, like. Well, no, that's later on. Oh. That's even later uh, yeah, on. I by his there grandmother. might have been a oh. weird, there was a weird kind of thing that kind of There was that weird scene where, he, where it's him as a child giving her a massage. Yeah. But, yeah. like, I don't, I, well, never, I never quite put it together that, like, she ever, like, physically oh, abused well, him. I, I agree. agree. But, but here's, the, here's the thing. The, the reason he's a cowboy is because of his grandmother. The reason that he's a cowboy later on, that he's pretending to be a cowboy, is because of his grandmother. Yeah, right. He's the most beautiful cowboy in the. In the well, that's whole... because of grandma. Grandma's boyfriend was a was a cowboy too. They showed. Yeah, that. she was definitely. A, she they made her seem quite quite the. There floozy. was definitely like a yes. Well, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, <laughs> no, they definitely. I thought those all those scenes have a real sense of danger to them. They did, which and is I, why I thought you know it gives you this impression that something's, something's going on. Did anyone else, like it's more did than else get just the, the impression too that yeah. maybe grandma was a prostitute herself? Because I oh yeah, thought I, I thought so that too. was in, I thought that was the yeah pretty clear. I actually going back to what you just brought up though about like a sense of danger. There's that one scene where he's in bed with grandma and that guy. Yeah, and there's like the creepy laughing in the background after that scene fades out, and we're just left with the well, audio. And I was, yeah. and I thought like, oh my god, is something happening? We're gonna see more, and it just never touches. Isn't there, on it. Yeah. Th- isn't there a scene later on in the movie too that when he's like in trouble, like with the grandma and those kind of scenes where she like sticks an enema up his butt as yes. like a punishment? She does. She does stick an enema up his butt. As like I, a punishment. What, what? scene was that? that? How did yeah. you not see I this? Totally How did you not see that? this? Oh yeah, there's a scene where she's that like some weird flash. Yes, holding a tube, and then she's with a bag on. Yeah, it, with a bag on it, and then all of a sudden, I think there was a flash of his. Yeah, she was like this. Adult raises her arm ass. and goes to the show. Yeah, <laughs> oh, when he's getting yeah. I mean, it's it's done in a montage. It's real quick. Okay, so oh, I missed it. But yeah, there there is a, definitely a scene that insinuates she's that as a punishment. As a pun. Yeah, it looks like it's insinuated as a punishment. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, so it was maybe psychologically abusive environment, you know, and yes. maybe physically possible. And it seems to have a, again with the the whole his whole drive to go to to New York and basically become a prostitute for older ladies. Like that's yeah. yeah and and if you notice, they use a lot of older actresses in this in this film. Well, I like, that... even the extras like are all older women. Like even the Florida flashbacks and scenes are all older like grandma looking women. So it has to be like a theme like a, that runs throughout. I don't know if I'd say grandma looking women as much as I'd say G MILF. I think we should use that for this show. Jesus. G MILF. <laughs> G MILF. Oh my God. Um I mean I I think there's definitely some reason he's he's yeah, I think there is a like a psychological psychological thing that's happening that he's targeting older women at first. Oh yes. Yeah. Um even through I would agree with Chris almost throughout the whole film. Y- yeah. Yeah, but it's a weird, it's a weird moment, and you you wonder which, if he's which, doing it for money or if he or if he's just because he's actually. I think it's yeah. for, I think it's somewhat for comfort because I I got yeah. the impression that yeah. grandma's not around anymore. Yeah. No, right. she died, and I think right? that's I think that's like I think that's kind of what he's attracted to. Yeah, like I mean, there's even that scene. Uh, we're, we're, I'm gonna kind of jump around, but we're talking about the character's psychological state. I mean, there's a scene wherein when he, at towards the towards the end where he, he gets that younger woman, and. You know, you bringing this up about his psychological state is starting to make me think, like, maybe there's two reasons he couldn't perform at first. Yeah. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. part of it was of just the situations that he's endured up until this point, but maybe part yeah. of it is, like, she doesn't really kind of fit his taste either. She, she's not old enough. Well, I mean, she wasn't young, though. 
She was the youngest of any. Uh, well, of I understand, but I wouldn't say that she she wasn't in her. No, I thought they insinuated that she was at least here's like, the thing. supposed to be in her forties. No, the thing. I, I, don't know. I took it as she was. It's like hard. Early thirties. I, I kind of take it a, a, a little step further than you, Kyle. I kind of agree with you that that's what he's into, and the reason I, but I think it's for a different reason. Uh, I don't. I think it's into it because that's his sense of family. Because that's the family that he knew was his. It was his grandmother who was a little bit of a pervert, obviously. Uh, and then uh, the, the the only girlfriend that he basically had uh, was also, if you according to the book, was sleeping with six other guys, and then decided to st- stop sleeping with them, sleep and and end up with just Joe Buck, and then that's why the, this happened then, to him. Then these the they tracked them down mm. and raped both of them. Gotcha. So that's how they that's how that's what the book says. Yeah. Okay, and it's in the it's kind of you see it in the film too. You don't it's see hard her to put it together. You don't exactly. yeah. You don't see her. Yeah. You don't see her actions of of sleeping with these six guys beforehand. Um, you know what I mean? There's but, like there's like one comment that's made, which is like I can't believe. Look at Joe Buck kissing. Yeah, kissing her. He needs to like. But there's the scene of those six guys chasing her. Like yeah. the first walking in close, you kind of get the the, the that the, the sand dunes. The, no, before the sand dunes, through the town. Oh. Uh, there's a scene of that, and then. Um, and then you know, obviously, there's the scene where they they rip them out of the car, and then they rape Joe and they rape her. Right. Um, and I think that has somewhat to do with him regressing, uh, into the point to where he is just going. His idea is well, New York. It's almost like it's the, again that kin mentality of New York is where wealthy people live. I know that and TV and and whatever tells me so. Because uh, he also listens to a lot of the radio, and there is t- scenes of him TV, but most of it's radio. So, but I know where New York is where all, is where all the money and action's at. That's where all the famous people live, uh, and the fact that uh, my grandma said I was pretty, and old women are attracted to me, and that's like my sense of family. So it's like a safe. I feel like it's a safe haven rather than um, what he's into. I well, guess it's a it's a yeah it's a longing a for what familiarity and like. Yeah, he. So missed, it's, he what, it's what well, he's attracted to emotionally and probably physically. I yeah. don't know if this fits into this part, like, but they do touch on the fact that when his grandma died, she he said she never told me that she was gonna die. You know, like and when he came home from it, will look like the army or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like she was just dead. She was gone. You know, like without ever warning him or telling him. So there's and, and his mother abandoned him. There's this whole sense of abandonment. But I think the grandmother was the most stable thing in his life. So naturally, maybe he has like an attraction to that. Yeah. I think, I think so, too. Well, and even this is something that you brought up uh, as far as, um, you know, the grandma, not, again, grandma not telling him that she's going to die. Here's the same, same Ratso does the same thing mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mention one, so you know he, you you're know. right. You know, as an audience member, mm-hmm. you're aware of Ratso's and, 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 and condition. If you don't, especially... Especially at the the scene when he falls down the stairs, you, you realize. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, 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 well, sure, yeah. yeah. But we, um, didn't, um, we didn't introduce Rat, so... No, no, we're not there yet. We're oh, still gotcha. talking about Joe, okay. Buck, Joe Buck's psyche alone. Gotcha. I wanna, so, I in, like, Wikipedia, when I was, like, looking this yeah. up, they refer to the, the girl that Joe was sleeping with in his flashbacks as mentally challenged. Yeah, I yes. saw that. Did anyone yeah. get that? No. no. Yeah, that's, I, was trying to, I, I was trying to think the same thing. Well, they called yeah. her crazy something, right? They barely showed her. Well, no, How could they, you ever gather I, I, believe, yeah. I believe it was because after the incident... She was institutionalized. Well, yeah, I mean, guy because yeah. what it basically, oh, what it, from, yeah. what I, nah, okay. from what I understand, what I, right. I believe in the book. I could be wrong, so don't don't quote me on this. I believe what it was was the the boys that found out 
basically, and we're, we're basically jealous of Joe Buck because he was doing this. So they went to her father mm-hmm. and told her father that she was doing this with Joe Buck, and then that's when all hell broke loose, and the parents basically, I think, had her in, in, in institutionalized because, okay. uh, because of this. Sexual no. behavior in the movie or in the book? I believe in the book. She's a nympho, and it's not the 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 violent gang rape that but her. Yeah, right. Yeah, I would that, imagine. Like, that's I think that's the change for the movie. I think. I think. I don't know. They oh. Obviously, I think they they obviously omitted the fact that she's handicapped and that maybe they omitted the the parent aspect and made it something a little more traumatic. Yeah, I'm not, again, I'm not 100 percent sure. I'd have to. Look, I read it very briefly. Yeah, like so I said, I I didn't have to go I, back I, and read it. Anyway, this was yeah. a Wikipedia about the movie, and I just wanted to make sure I wasn't missing. Something. Yeah, no, about the movie, it did say that in the Wikipedia, and I was like that too. I was like, where the fuck does that even come across? Except for the one scene where where uh uh. He it has it, notice too like as we go back to those scenes a lot um more it's a weird thing I can't kind of what understand the, the flashback scenes, scenes. the flashback scenes especially of the rape ones where they're getting uh where they're getting chased and stuff like that if you notice more and more when it cuts back to those scenes not only is it the six guys but there's also police officers yeah no there there's definitely a sense of like he's not memor- remembering. Either not remembering this correctly, or he's like mixing like memories together. It's a weird thing, but I think it says a lot to to what what's going on in the film because I think as he's trying to piece this together, I think he's trying to figure out about himself and why he does the things that he does. Because did anyone else question at the end of those flashback scenes, especially of 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 the rape one? Did anyone else question like did any of that happen? And did Joe Joe did Joe Buck raper? No. Oh, um. I mean, it, yeah, because in he, a in the Christ- post Christopher Nolan world, maybe uh, like, how, <laughs> I, I struggle with how, how yeah. you guys may not have picked up on that because the like one of the last scenes is her being brought through the gate uh, from where this horrific event had happened, and she's saying the one line that she says throughout the whole movie, being carted off p- by police, and they're like asking what happened to you, and she goes, "He's the only one." And she's looking directly at Joe, insinuating that he was the only one that did anything to Oh, her. I kind of took that scene as, like, her psyche just fucking snapped, and she was just... Wait, is that her psyche snapping, or is that Joe snapping, and did that really happen? Like, trying to justify I it in yes. her mind, and maybe mm. he's leaving because he created these... He did this horrible thing. See, yes. you know what? I actually didn't... Uh, I read it as that he went to jail for a crime he didn't commit. That's another possibility. That's another way to look like, at it. I didn't think about yeah, that. When she said that, I would thought like, oh, now he goes to jail for this yeah. thing. I mean, I guess no, it's... No, I, I almost take it like this happened to him when he was young, and he went off, like, after this ha- this horrible thing happened, he went off to the military yeah. to escape, yeah. and that's when what's her, the, the other victim yeah. you know, got taken off to the mental institution, and then when he came home, grandma was dead, and right. he, he had never coped with any of this like shit that happened to him as a teenager. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah, I, I think all the I think all those scenes happened pre military service. Yeah, so okay. this right. I don't know because I, I feel like the military service is almost like he comes back and that's kind of where yeah, the film actually picks up. He basically just well, finds changes a job. his identity. He, Find, he, he finds puts the cowboy and, get up on yeah. decides to leave. He's got nothing True. left back for him. His grandma's dead. His girl that he loved is gone. He still hasn't gotten I mean, over I, it. Here's the thing. I think altogether, I think. The fact that these memories are so jumbled and we don't get a sense of time or what's going on is like I I felt like that that was kind of like the theme of this movie is like you're you're really trying to figure out who the hell Joe Buck is yes and why he's doing the things that he's doing right because it's not really understood there are weird 
sends off send offs to it, right? Like yeah. I think when he meets the priest, whatever guy. Uh, yes. And we'll talk about him in yeah. a second, but like he makes a weird comment about like why are you doing this? Like it's a question that he asked throughout this, and as these like memories keep popping up about his past and how jumbled they are, you do get bits and pieces of like maybe why he's doing it. And I got the feeling that like I was also like on this journey with Joe. Does that make any sense? Oh, yeah. like, as he's trying to figure himself out, we're figuring him out. Mm-hmm. And it really put me in his brain. It was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway. here I was going to say about Joe Buck's character is like, I never felt like, even in the flashbacks, you, you just said, well, did you ever think Joe Buck maybe did it? I never saw him as a bad guy ever. I almost, I almost always Ooh. saw him as a victim. Somebody Hold does on. say he was a killer though. Hold on. Yes. I don't Hold know. The, but the way, he's presented in, yeah. the way he's presented in this movie, it never makes you feel Not like he's, Not he's a bad guy. Not true. Okay. The whole scene with, with Townie at the end to get the money to go to to Florida. Yeah, but I took that as he's, a scene of desperation. Yes, Dude, he, I did. Okay. I, that's like a crime no, of passion. But, but he had it, it in depend, him. It, I will agree. He it, had it, it in he him. Had him in, he had it in him. And it, it, the question is also, too, is where do you lie on, on the question that, that, that Rizzo asked him on the bus? Did you kill him? You got blood. Yeah, you got blood on your... Did you kill him? Where do you lie on that question? Do you think that Joe Buck killed this man or, or no? Because I think he fucking killed him. Personally. No, nah, I don't think he killed him, dude. I think it's a he put the phone and yeah, well, I, th- I, mean, I think he, I, think, ahead, I but... think he did, but yeah, we are we are getting way ahead. Like okay, we are no, we're getting a little ahead on the story, but it it, it also plays into this character psyche again. Well, okay, well let's just let's just settle on the fact that we know that he's an enigma. Yeah, and, and we'll figure out more about yeah, him as and we go. And that's <laughs> kind of what drives this film is like trying to figure out. What's go? What the fuck is going on with this guy? Yeah. <laughs> well, and we learn through uh, Rizzo, Ratso, Rizzo, whatever. He's yeah. Lots of yeah, he doesn't, like he, he doesn't like being called Ratso. He doesn't like being called Ratso, but that's what everybody knows yeah. him in New York. Who is our se- or basically our second main character for mm-hmm. finally getting to him? New York City. Who is is Dustin Hoffman? Who is yeah. who is uh, yes a New York City uh, character is the way I would put it. Um, as as far stereotypical yes. New Yorker, like yeah, with with polio, with a limp. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he has polio. He has childhood polio. That's he has had it since a child. That's what okay. the disease he's, he dies from. Um, and his character, I don't know, man. I don't get me wrong. I like Dustin Hoffman in this film. Mm-hmm. There are scenes that seem like it's a little too much. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. it's, I'm a little too much character. Almost in some scenes, not all of them. The voice, it's the voice. Very much in the very much in the beginning when he's a little more alive. Yeah, more towards death played much better. I think it was I the the way I kind of took that that approach to the to the character that Dustin Hoffman did is I think you he plays him up and he plays up that shrill rat kind of personality at the beginning to make the audience really hate him, and then towards the end of the film. He kind of his personality and his demeanor softens a bit, so it it really makes that those final scenes that much more impactful because you're basically taking on a roller coaster with this character of, of hating him and then coming to see that these kind of form this cool family bond with Joe and then like you know towards the end of the film you're just like goddamn get I healthy. A, I have a theory about him and okay. maybe it's not a theory, but I haven't read about it enough to know. I think that Rizzo is in love with Joe. I think if you watch the way he 
reacts to him, the way he reacts to the things that he says, like when they get in the argument about you've never been laid, you know, like you 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 keep judging me for how I look, yeah, but you've never been laid, and he's like, well, don't talk to me about what I do. I only my confessor knows about that. And then like a lot of the ways that you see Dustin Hoffman react to Joe is in a in a way to where he gazes at him, especially in the hallway, in the stairway scene. When he falls down, Joe picks him up and starts to wipe his hair off with his shirt. He pulls his shirt out, wipes his hair off, and Dustin Hoffman grabs him around the waist, almost in like a loving way, like this is the closest I'll ever get to him. But they never, ever confirm whether or not like he was actually in love know. with I, him. I, I, I don't think he's in... I, yeah, I, I would say they love each other, but I wouldn't say that either I, I one of them are in love. I took it as definitely like a... It was like a sibling, like a fa- like a love, like a family unit type of love that was that was, that was bond and between I'll them. I'll even go to your your, your argument of, of the, 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 the conversation of, you know, I've never been laid. He has fucking polio, Chris. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not He's, arguing why he should or shouldn't have been guys, laid. I'm just saying that not, he could have gotten like he could have gotten a prostitute. Yeah, like you're making it sound like he's a bum. It's, Bums can get prostitutes. Yeah, it's not like Bums, this is know. Joe Buck's argument. What I'm saying is like they. I think they're insinuating that Rizzo is gay and that and then throughout the film he kind of falls for Joe. But that's but that's what I'm actually what I meant about the whole prostitute thing was that. I kind of agree with Chris. There's there's something going on. I don't know that I it could be something as as, as a thing of yeah, maybe he's asexual, right? But well, I think the thing that really kind of like weirdly drives it home that there's definitely some sort of weird pseudo-sexual thing going on is that Rizzo's only like weird flashback, weird fantasy that he has. It's like Joe is just shirtless throughout the whole thing. It's a very they're running on the beach, having yeah, fun. Yeah, it's a very, but, it's very typical like romantic scenes being depicted of Joe. That yeah. all, it, it makes me feel like I'm like but Joe's always if you can make it homoerotic to some is, extent. It is. It is. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I kind of took it. I kind of took that. It was just like it is. Oh shit! I lost my train of thought. Go ahead, Cody. I well, maybe this is where you're going. <laughs> I I took those scenes, those flashbacks, and then not so much. As I would say that those are flashbacks because they're, they're well, they're flash forwards. They're, 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 they're fantasies. Fantasies, right? They're fantasies. They don't happen. Um, is more or less that uh, he was seeing them in the in in the parts that he believed that both of them would play, and the fact that he is the upscale guy who runs everything. Look, he's making the food, he's doing everything, he's running it. He's the manager, right? He's yeah. the manager of this. If you look at it kind of close, he's the manager of this resort in a way. And Joe Buck is playing his role as the pimp. If you or or, or not the pimp as the as the as the prostitute. If you look at it, he's uh, they're surrounded by women and in, in, in separate things. Uh, Joe Joe has his own women that surround him. They're mostly older ladies. Same thing with Rizzo in those scenes too. Um, well, I understand what you're. Yeah, I get it. Rizzo is surrounded by. He's playing. He's gambling with older women. It's not. There's nothing sexual about what he. Well, no, I, I, no, I, I, I agree with things... Cody that the. the... That, well, no, Rizzo was surrounded by younger women, and Joe was surrounded by right. older women. In the I, 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 I get what you're saying. Yes, I agree that, like, I think the fantasy in this world that he's created is that he is a pimp. Joe is sleeping with a bunch of older women. They're bringing money. Because they're raking it. up money, and he's got girls and stuff. But it doesn't explain like the weird like running on the beach thing. That's a lot more than just that we're not. Yeah, I think a lot of that relationship though, like between Rizzo and Joe, is. There's, I think a lot of that stems from kind of like a shared, um, I think it's state of life, sad state of life. Like there's, I think there's a strong bond because 
they're both in the shitty place and they both want to get out of this shitty place. I and that really pulls them together. I have one more argument. I have one more argument. And I actually disagree with Kyle on that because Joe doesn't Joe, <laughs> Joe doesn't give no Joe doesn't give up like wanting to be in New York. The only reason he gives up is because he realizes that Rizzo is dying and he, he wants to get him to Florida. I don't he, think never, he ever re- realizes that that truly re- realizes well, that Rizzo truly is realizes dying. It, yeah, but no, and I and I don't think I don't think Joe wanted to stay in New York. I think he got his fill what? and realized that it was not what he wanted. That's why no, he thing, he felt like things were going right for him after he met the yes. last lady, yeah. and he didn't want to yes. leave. But yes. he was like, "Why do you always put me in this position?" So, I'm sorry, and then your, your other argument. Yeah, my 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 final argument on maybe like Rizzo or yeah or Razzo as a character. I think um, the fact that he speaks with so much aggression about gay people or the gay culture, like in this film, is a, really a shield that he's like putting up, like to kind of like block his own yeah i mean i I i'll be honest i got that from both of them a little bit but yeah i do think you i well i definitely think you get it from joe buck because of the experiences that he's been through i do agree with you on that 100 percent. i think you get that uh, that that uh homophobia homophobia from the experience dude he's been gang raped by men that doesn't mean anything necessarily I definitely think that's part of why, like, he's afraid of being labeled or or whatever in that in that situation, and denies it throughout. Like, yeah, I'm a sure. Lot I'm sure. I'm sure it's. Uh, I'm sure that being accused of that brings up painful things. So it's a shield he puts over himself, so he doesn't have to remember being humiliated. Basically, well, I mean, I don't know if we're at that scene yet, but the, I mean, the big scene for me is when he sleeps with the last woman, but only after she accuses him of being gay. Yeah. Like now, all of a sudden, that was he the has trigger. yeah. That was the trigger. That's a weird. That's a weird thing to trigger on. I, you know, I don't necessarily mean that. I that means that he's gay or not, but it's a definitely an odd thing for for that to trigger him. You know, clearly he has sex with a woman, multiple women. Well, I, yeah, and men. But I think it's ambiguous for all for a lot of the characters in this film, but it's certainly in there. And and I but my what I was saying is I think they don't ever say that Dustin Hoffman's character is, but they do, and I believe they insinuate it. He, yeah, I mean, he gets off. He gets off with a guy having f- flashbacks of a woman. Yeah, but I mean, it's still kind of like like I'm saying that this that is more to. What's going on here? I don't think, and and let's, I, uh, and we're make, and we're also speaking. Let's 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 also stop lo- speaking a, as if sexuality is binary. Like yeah, it's no, not like I don't, he's got to be gay yeah. or he's got to be straight. No, no, no. And I it, yeah. no, and I think that's exactly kind of where the film is at. Okay, I don't think that he is. I don't think he, because of what he's been through and 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 stuff like that. I don't think he again. Again, I think uh, sexual sex, sexual behavior can go. Either way, mm-hmm. but your sexual preference is what your sexual preference is. No, what are you, you talking about? You can force yourself to do something that you don't like. Yes, you can do that. Yeah, if that's if that's what you're. I understand you're saying that, but there's but no like, indication that he does. But if you're if you're if you are, well, he does it. Well, he does it with the blowjob scene, yeah. so he can get money. I think I think there's. A, I think we're missing a, a whole aspect of desperation in the character yeah. and driving. No, there's his certainly actions. there's certainly a desperation. I'm not saying that there isn't. I'm just saying that I, I think there's more. Oh, I I agree with that. But in 19, and we're talking about also. You remember, this is in the time frame of 1969. Now, where we're at in, in society and what we understand about people, you know, you can you can have more than one choice. Um, what, what are you talking about? As far as like the the way the the way that the the the, the sexuality versus 
again, what I what I agree with would be preference. Like if if you're gay, you're not, you know, you don't prefer to be with a, like a woman, and if you're a lesbian, you don't prefer to be with a man. Right, but I'm saying, but that- you can do it. You can do it if you're desperate enough and you need, like, the fucking money. Why are we pretending like bisexual people don't exist? We're not, no one's pretending that at all. We're, well, that's why we're, I'm we're simply saying why we keep talking back to, well, if he's gay, the, the then argument, he's gay. I, I feel he's like the straight, argument here is whether or not Joe Buck's gay, and I don't think he is. I think he engaged in stuff in desperation, and I think that her, I do think you bring up a pretty interesting point, which is, like, when she challenges him to be, it, that challenges him and says maybe he's gay or something, I think... I think that blowjob scene like completely destroyed his psyche. Like, you know what I mean? Like I I think that really fucked him up. And it wasn't until he's with this woman that he's actually with a woman again. The reason I think it fucked him up though, is because it just, it just opened up that wound from the past, you know what I I mean? And I do think he did. Yeah. He did things out of desperation, but I think that was supposed to kind of showcase his commitment to Rizzo and helping his yeah, friend, yeah, you know, yeah, it's absolutely. like the ultimate sacrifice. Like I'm going to do something that's totally like going to break my fucking brain. But if I mean, it's to he get has some money whole, to help you get better, I'm going to do he that. He has that whole moment where he just fucking talks himself up in the mirror. And it's like, you got to fucking do this. Right. You got it. We got to get Rizzo out of here. Right. Because if there's anything that I can say about both of them and, and is that the relationship, no matter what it is, no matter what what side you fall on, is that they are a family unit for each other. No matter how dysfunctional it is, yes, or 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 what it is, they are a family unit, and that's how they treat each other. Eventually, in the movie, their relationship grows leaps and bounds as you watch this film carry on. Because Rizzo, going back to him as a character, at 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 some point becomes the mother character. Yeah. I would say I, in this film. I saw that, yeah. And really... He's the manager, he's the caretaker, he's the, you know... he's oh, He owes he owes Joe Buck a debt for ripping him well, off. It's like, the, no, it's almost like the same thing with the grandma, even as the story progression goes. It's this person that takes care of Joe through, through this period of yeah. his life and then dies at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's almost that same progression of story. So, and yeah, I... Yeah, but... I almost look at... That's almost how I look at at Rizzo is almost as a mother type character. I saw that too. And that's why I, I, I get that's why when, I get the asexual aspect when, when he's, of it. When he's helping Joe like clean up and shit. Like I got that vibe for sure. Yeah, even the, like, even the food conversation. Well you don't like it? Go eat like you know what I mean? Yeah. That's something your fucking mom would say to you. Like Yeah, there's no doubt about it. He's definitely playing a maternal figure. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I don't I don't know that Because J- Joe can't survive without one. No, I don't think he survives without he, one. I, I agree with that. I don't think he he's he's well equipped enough to actually survive. I think the, I think, think the grandma scene say that. I think the army scene says that because it's like says, oh, says that. Sorry, th- sees that. Uh, <laughs> says that because it. because that. that's what that's what the military does. They 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 will give you a regiment. They will tell you where to be, when to be there, how to be there, how to look. You know what I mean? Like his whole life is regimented by somebody else. Even throughout this parts in New York until the very end of this movie. Um, where is is I think he is somewhat going through a, a very frightening realization at that very point. Uh I know. I think he learns to to function on his own. I mean, it's like kind of like a big part of this movie. Yeah, well, I mean, people start taking an interest in him. Like he gets invited to the cool. He got parties. the money. He, like, he. I mean, however he gets it, he's the one who gets the money to go to to Miami. 
Um, and there's that weird scene where he's like in normal clothes for the first time. Yeah. As if yeah, to suggest yeah. that like but it's, but, he's gone to a different place. He's not the young little boy cowboy anymore. I, he's... I, I will agree though with Cody because I mean my easily my fa- favorite scene. I mean we're jumping uh, this is jumping all the way to the end and made me fucking tear up is is the end on the bus. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. With, with, with him scene. and Rizzo. But yeah. John Voight pulls this look on his face where it's it's a combination of the, I'll just tell you the emotions that kind of pass through me in that look. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of it's him noticing everybody staring at him and it's like the situation it's kind of like a fear thing that passed through him. It's a lost for somebody he cared about, but there I also got this emotional feeling like what do I do now? Yes. I'm on my own in Florida. Dude, I didn't even want to go to Florida. Can I, there, I think there's a genuine fear there too. What I saw from that look was and even the whole like grab around the shoulder and and like wow. hugging embracing him embracing him yeah. as yeah. the bus is going was like like his it was a like a fucking 5-year-old kid whose mom had just died on the side of the road and he's trying to just hold his shit together. Like yeah, that's, and everybody's yeah. turning around staring yes. at him. They're all whispering. You can and, hear but them talking. But I, I, I got shit. a sense of pride too because th- here are these here are these two people are they're like two dirt balls in like New York City. They're kind of cleaned up. They're trying to get out. They're trying to go do something better for themselves. One of them doesn't make it. Now all these people are gawking at them on the on the bus. You know, like a bunch of strangers. And like the way John Voight holds Dustin Hoffman is like almost like a prideful thing. Like this is my friend. Like yeah. I'm gonna like yeah. I'm gonna yeah. hold him and like fuck you guys. Yeah, you know? that that scene fucking made me yeah. fucking emotional as fuck. Yeah, it's a rough scene. It did. It I, is. Well, and I was gonna say like. I don't know how I felt about it. Like I know we're kind of getting a little ahead of ourselves, but we keep saying that we are. But, I know, but we're at no, fifty we're... minutes right now. <laughs> yeah, right. But there's so much to say about the movie. Um, but I, I really, at, when the credits started rolling on this movie, I kind of felt really fucking bummed, and I was like, dude, I was like, yeah, sad. It left me in a very sad yes. state, and it has been a long time since I realized. Like when the credits rolled, I was like. Wow, that was such a downer. Like that ending was such a downer. This movie left me in like a bum mood the rest of the night. Yeah. Like I was just kind of like it did. But what I'm saying is like I can't be mad about that because that's an effective thing. That's one of the that's one of the best feelings. That's one of the best experiences in a world when you watch a film and it makes you feel sad. And it's the type of film that I call like like for me, this is a one watcher. Like, I don't think I'm going back to this. <laughs> it's like Taxi Driver, right? Like, the end of it, you feel kind of like, oh, what the fuck did no? I watched f- that movie twice. Fucking bummed. <laughs> right, but like, anytime Taxi Driver comes on, I'll start watching a little bit, and then I was like, ah, and then I remember, ah, I don't want to feel like this again. Yeah. <laughs> and I shut it off. Yeah. It's a great film. I'd give it, like, what, like it's one of Scorsese's best, but yeah. it's just one of those films where I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I could put myself through that shit. <laughs> yeah, there's there's been a couple films that are in my catalog that is one and done. We've kind of touched on a lot of things because we have uh, talked about the two main characters and they go through a lot in this movie. So and we kind of went through their journey a little bit each yeah, by bit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I do want to ask this question. Do you think that the characters learned any lessons from this movie? Like, do you think that they had any, um, like, with the, like anything came out of it that made them a better person or anything like that on either side yeah. or, 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 or growth as a person. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I, I think there's no, I, I think there's no way at the end of this film with Joe Buck holding him that he hasn't in a way forgiven his grandmother for passing away. Mm-hmm. Like he's able to let Ratso go, you know, he does it 
It's not like he's. Ma- I don't. I don't imagine him getting off the bus and being like, "I can't believe you fucking left me." Like, I don't. I don't see that. Mm, yeah. I see got them. To, he got yeah. to be there for somebody he loved exactly. when they were yes. right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, and I, I also, I, I mean, I know we just kind of talked about it. I, I do kind of think he gets out of this and is able to take care of himself in Miami. I get that impression. See, I, I feel like he. Just I don't think he just trap. bumbles his way through. And how could he? I mean, he learned so much in New York. I don't. I don't imagine. And Ratso even says it's a better fit for him, anyways, because people in New York are too. Uh, keyed in on the whole cowboy thing being this cliche thing that's been now, as I think he mentions it, it's it's now a gay, yeah, yes, like he does, like concept of a of a like somebody a stereotype. Yeah. Or yes, something. exactly. Yeah. That's what he says. Plus, there's, 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 it, there's. Oh, sorry, I thought you were done. No, no, I was like, <laughs> but I th- I, doesn't he say also? You know, you're better off over here in Florida, at least in his he fantasy, he yes. imagines this mm-hmm. as being those women are haven't quite caught on. To that, right? But it, even in the bus ride, like Joe Buck's, like you know what? I'm just gonna get, I'm gonna just get a regular job. It's gonna be better ways. Maybe like I feel like yeah. in in that bus ride and and through all of his experiences, I think I think he definitely has figured out like you know, you know, may, turning tricks might 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 not be the way. Right, Maybe but, just I, getting but like a that's what job. I mean by that. I mean like he's been through. Yeah, the, the the streets. He's been through the bottom of the barrel. I don't think there's any way he's going to Miami and getting taken advantage of and. I think you're exactly right. I think he goes through a, in a job, and I think he does really well, and I think he lives a happy life, and it's more than he had. Yes? Cody's got his hands Jesus. up. Cody? Yeah, because I, I think you're wrong. No, uh, I, uh, I, I, uh, I don't see it that way. Here's And here's my reasoning why. I think he does it out of fear. I think he does know by the end of the movie because, I mean, there, there's a scene of him pissing his, his pants. Rizzo pissing his pants. I think he knows that... There, there is a chance that that Rizzo not might not make it, so he's trying to rationalize his life again. Because at any point in New York, he could have got a fucking job, and they even show him looking into a window for help wanted for a dishwasher. He could have got an honest job in New York at any time. He really never gives up on that on that fucking whatever fantasy and or dream he has of New York. So I almost feel like he, his character is just latching onto that out of desperation. That's just my that that's my feeling. I think I, I I agree. Yeah, there is a moment where he looks in there, but I think I think the reason why his mind changes, I think as long as he's in New York City, he's going to hold on to that fantasy and think he's gonna make it real. I, I think it's not until he actually gets out of that city that he real that that he's able to actually conceptually think, Oh, well, you know what? Maybe now that I'm not there anymore, maybe now that the fantasy's not a possibility. Maybe I just need to get a regular job. And that may be true, but, and the reason I say that is because the visual representation of him changes it changes his clothes into normal Florida wear. Right. That's what I'm... That's what <laughs> so I'm, you may be right, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess to, to put it you know, simply, I can't imagine that after coming out of gritty New York that Miami's the, the city that eats him up, you know? Yeah, right, <laughs> like, watch, I just think that Watch Cocaine Cowboys and you tell me <laughs> okay. fucking otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> The cartel gets to him. Yeah, the Cubans get <laughs> no, to him, and I it's mean, done. I mean, I don't know. I just think he was trying to get his friend there. Like, I really don't I do think. He, I don't think he was trying to plan a life for no, himself there I don't necessarily. Think he, was. he was just trying to get his friend there, and he changed clothes because, yeah, it was a symbol. It symbolized a change of character, maybe like a yeah, a new start, a change. But then he immediately loses his companion, like right after that. Yeah, so. but do you think he takes that bus back to New York? No, I think he's too poor and not smart enough. 
You know, and that, I don't know. Like, that's where I'm at. Like, I would, do I wish I would, I knew the answer to that? Like, did he go back? Did he stay? I don't know if I wish I knew that information. But here's the thing. I agree. I don't think he ever, I don't think he ever once wanted to go to Florida. But I think that bus ride was, like, a therapeutic journey for him and, and Rizzo, like, emotionally. Like, like moving to a new level of kind of understanding it was like right. it's like washing yourself clean of the city as he leaves and it's it's only when you're it's only you know hindsight 2020 and when you're far away from it and you can reflect back on the experiences then you can actually get some real like clarity yeah, yeah. let's do this let's take a break when we come back uh we'll probably rate this man we're jamming and i'll tell you another thing frankly you're beginning to smell and for a start in new york that's a handicap well don't talk to me about clean I ain't never seen you change your underwear once the whole time I've been here in New York. And that's pretty peculiar behavior. I don't have to do that kind of thing in public. I ain't got no need to expose myself. No, I bet you don't. I bet you ain't never even been laid. How about that? And you're gonna tell me what appeals women. I know enough to know that that great big dumb cowboy crap of yours don't appeal to nobody except every Jackie on 42nd Street. All right, we are back! So excited. That is the most energetic we're gonna get tonight on Midnight Cowboy. Uh, we are going to rate this Mammer Jammer. Chris! Yeah. What are we rating Midnight Cowboy? Cowboy hats. Of course. Makes sense. Only thing that does make sense. Midnight Cowboy hats. Could have been cigarettes. Could have been coughing. Did we talk about his cough? We didn't talk about it. We did. It did a really good job at... Normally, if a person coughs in a movie, it's like, that motherfucker's dead. Right? Yeah. They did a good job of kind of like getting a few in there, and you're thinking, like, maybe they just kept it in. Like, it, what I'm saying is that the cough seemed so real to me, I didn't think it was a plot device to insinuate that he was dying later oh, you on. Thought he just had really I thought, like, literally, you would think that if a director was shooting something and somebody coughed, they'd be like, all right, we can't use that take. Can but I, they kept it in. It was so natural. Wanna, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I want to say Sorry. something to you about the end. Uh, the whole time, just real quick, just real quick. The whole time at the end, and I don't know if I was the only one because this is my first time seeing Three. this. I I was waiting for the Hollywood happy ending I was I thought Dustin Hoffman was going to pull out of it at the end and I I actually do love the fact that they went with the sad ending Mm -hmm. but I I, I don't know if anybody else was waiting for it but I was like this motherfucker's going to bounce back any second now yeah <laughs> you know, and then it was like, oh, then he's no. like, I, I peed my pants, <laughs> and I was like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> I'm like, he ain't coming back from Florida. What a terrible place to die yeah. on a terrible on place a bus die. full of old people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, I'll go first. Fuck it, I'll go first. Oh man, how? What you wanted to go first? Oh, I don't know. If you want to go first, you can go first. Sure, I'll go first. All right, Kyle wow. will go first. Kyle. Jesus, Kyle. Yeah. You always, that was always a soft, yeah. Usually gets mad when I go to him or Chris first. Oh, Chris! <laughs> Chris! You seem like you, you can't go to me. You first. really wanted to go first. Yeah, because yeah, you know what? I I, I I I thoroughly enjoyed this film. I'm really happy Chris picked it because it 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 forced me to finally sit down and, and take it in and, and kind of f- figure out like, you know. Being into film, you always hear about certain films that keep coming up, and this is one that's always come up as like it's on, it's always on like the top films list. It's got all these accolades for for its performances, and you know, finally, finally seeing it taken all in, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was taken on a bit of an emotional journey with these two characters, and I love that about about film when a film can make me feel something and actually make me really invest and care, especially care when one of the characters dies. It, it is an amazing thing. Um, 
you know, I, I there's not a whole lot that I feel like I can really call out and gripe on. And even what you just brought up about, you know, thinking Rizzo's going to make it, going to have that Hollywood ending comeback, like, I bought it too. And I love that he did that. I love that at the at the end of the film, the director still threw another bit of a, uh, you know, a roller coaster at the end there. Because I, I agree. I think, I think they're going to get to Florida and, you know, his cough's going to clear up and... That's what I kept hoping for, and I never got it. And I love that I didn't get it because it made me feel. So um, I'm giving this film a five because I thought it was wow. an excellent film. All right, I will go uh, next. Whoa, Chris, calm the fuck down. Look at this smirk <laughs> on his face. I, I just didn't see it coming. Wow. Uh, uh, this is my first time seeing this film. Uh, if you know what uh, I watch as movies, you would know that this would never come across my radar, and it really didn't uh, until it was brought up for the show. I'd, I obviously heard the title for this film before, but I had never like really paid attention to who was in it or cared what it was about or anything like that. Um, that being said, by the end of this movie, I fucking was in love. This is a five for me. This film is fucking oh, awesome. Shit. Like I seriously, like I know you said it was a one time watch for you. This, I literally started it again today. Like, because I was like, I want to watch it. I want to watch again. What did I miss? What did I, what, what did I not pick up about on in the flashback scene? Uh, um, you know, what, what other little nuances I'm missing with each one of these characters? Because Dude, fucking John Voight kills it in this movie. Like, people want to talk up Dustin Hoffman a lot in this film, which I get because he did he did a great character. He put on a voice. I got it. Cool. No. But John, no, he did more than that. He did yeah, do more than that. Say. Jesus. No, he did do more than that. He had a limp. Um, but it, <laughs> he, he was fantastic in this movie, too. Don't get me wrong. But John Voight's, I feel like, character starts off so subtle, and you get this whole backstory, and it just kind of... Still stays the same level and never really go crosses a boundary until one point where I, I personally believe he killed a man <laughs> to get money to take his friend to fucking Florida, and it's just this this story of of, of friendship and craziness and and two people who are just in the worst positions in their life, uh, and I, for some reason the characters themselves and how they were played and how they were portrayed by these actors sucked me in so hard that I I couldn't look away and I didn't want to look away. I mean, this movie's awesome. I recommend it for anyone. Five, five stars for me. Mike? I don't think I can give it a five. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would definitely give it a four. Um, I mean, there's no... This is a great film. There's no, there, there's no other way to put it. It's really cool. It does some interesting things that you don't expect it to do. I think there is like a weird surrealism thing going on with his mind and what he remembers, what he doesn't remember. Um, I liked all of that. There, the, I guess I'm docking in a star because there is, is what I kind of feel is like this big gap in the film where Rato's gone. Like there's a good like half an hour where I feel like you don't see him until he comes across him again in what is it, like a diner, right? He sees him through the window. Yes. Right? Like there's like a kind of a gap there where you don't see him. And it doesn't pick back up until you see that relationship with Rats of Rizzo, and you're wondering, like, I don't know, like, once that started, it was like a new era for Joe, and I wanted to see more of it. Like, I, w I wish it was the whole film was his friendship with him a little bit. Kind of feel like maybe the first half an hour is a little void of, it's just kind of him fumbling around in the city. Can I just ask one question? Though? Yeah, yeah, sure. If if 
we didn't have that first half and everything, would we have gotten the character development and the character growth? No, 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 growth? We, we wouldn't have. We wouldn't yeah. have because he meets he meets Ratso, he cons him, and then he doesn't see him again. What I'm saying is in that gap, yeah. I felt like that gap was a little long for me. Okay. Where I kind of was just like, all right, well, he's coming back, right? Like, <laughs> you know? Like, cause I don't want to just see Joe stumbling around the city all day long. I did. Li- I will say that I forgot to mention the show. I did like about that gap though was yeah. the showing the the showing the audience the passing of time through Joe's jacket. That's true. Cause yeah, we keep seeing I his did back remember and, seeing that and thinking we, that we was kind of cool. Keep seeing his back and him kind of weaving and and the the crowds fading in and out and his jacket's getting progressively more stained and yeah. dirty and rough and it's just showing him kind of yeah. progressively. Like the the dream slowly dying before <laughs> I through a montage. So. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's so what I would. I, so I'm gonna. I would give it a four. Let's do about a five. <laughs> God damn it! Four hats. Uh, <laughs> four fucking cowboy hats. Four midnight cowboy <laughs> hats. Chris. Um. Yeah, there's a lot of really awesome things about this movie. What I what I keep hearing from all of you and what I'll also agree with is the acting is really particularly good. Like these two characters are take you on an emotional journey. You connect with them, you learn to like them. They're charismatic. They have layers that you have to try to figure out throughout the story. Um, and that is something that's really fantastic about this film. Also, it's set against New York, you know, in the late 1960s. Um, and there's a contrast between our lead character, Joe's country style, with that gritty urban New York setting. So it has all these great things. But I, I will say it, it has its flaws, too, in my opinion. Um, I think it's a little long. I think this movie is a little long. And I don't necessarily know what I would cut out. But it wasn't like a swift watch for me. Like I feel like I, I had to take some of it in and come back to it. Um, and that's not to say it's a bad film. It's just there were certain parts of it that lagged for me a little bit. Um, on the other hand, there's some really fantastic writing and some really fantastic dialogue. And it, the fact that this movie can move you emotionally for, you know, in, at various scenes throughout is just like, I mean, that's why I guess it was Oscar worthy. You know, I, I mean, not only for the acting, but the writing as well. Um, I'm going to give this a four. I was originally going to do a three and a half, but after listening to everybody else talk about it, I was like, you know what? Yeah, this movie does have something special about it. And I think it is an important piece of of cinema. So four for me. Cinema. (laughs) Cinema. All right, so let me ask you this, guys, uh, this question next. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that Midnight Cowboy is a cult film? Who are you asking first? I'm gonna go with you, Mike. No, no, I don't think it's a cold film. I think this is a is a classic film. I think it's a great film. I think I don't. I think everybody kind of knows it. I just feel like it's a film that that has a very it's 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 on AFI's top list. What is it, number ten or something like no, that? No, it's in like the I think it's in the forties. Okay, but I mean, it's one of those classic great films that that made a big impact. I mean, guys, it like was nominated for what, three Oscars. Did it win three Oscars? I think it won three Oscars. May have won three Oscars. Oscars, I mean, it just seems like it's. I don't know if I would call it a cult film anymore than I would call, like you know, again, like Catch Me If You Can, Citizen Kane, uh, (laughs) a a cult film. Yeah, I know. We we've had that conversation on the show before because it's like you you know how do you define a cult film versus a popular film? You know, it's like it it 
it'd be hard for me to put Star Wars on here because I don't think it's a cult film or yeah. anything, but it's clearly a popular film. So I, I, I kind of agree with that. I think it did. It, I, I think it's, for a popular film, it's definitely had cultural impacts in terms of, um, you know, where this film, like scenes from this film being reenacted and recreated in various forms of pop culture. And I, I think the fact that an X-rated film won an Oscar in general kind of gave it this kind of, this kind of this kind of long lasting following because there's a lot of films that win Oscars that you go on to never watch again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like so, The Pianist. <laughs> That's a great movie. You never watched that again? <laughs> oh my That's god! A great film, What's fucking wrong with you? Yeah, that's no. an amazing Haven't film. Watched it again. Jesus. Who's seen Shakespeare in Love since it won an Oscar? <laughs> I, I never saw it before it won. An Oscar. I feel like I kind of agree with with the it not being a cult film. I mean. It, it it's a very popular and important film once again, but I I don't know that there's like a rabid fan base for Midnight Cowboy. <laughs> okay, like so doing some cosplay. There, like, there is now. I mean, maybe somebody <laughs> would dress like Joe Buck. You know what I mean? Like I could see that happening, and and it definitely influenced a lot of other like pop culture, media, film, TV, but like I don't think it's I don't think it fits like in that that rabid fan base cult. I just imagine there's a, there's a fan club of, of like uh, midnight cowboy fans. And it's called like the Buckamaniacs or something (laughs) like that. The Buckamaniacs. (laughs) The mother buckers. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Have to basically agree with everybody here. I don't think it's a cult film either. Uh, I think it's a fucking fantastic movie. Obviously I rated it a five. Um, and I do think it is historically important. I think some people may get confused and think it is a cult film in the fact that, yeah, it was an X-rated f- film that won an Oscar and the subject matter that it basically dealt with. I yeah. think that's why people might kind of say, oh, it's a, uh, maybe even the sad ending. I don't know. It, it, it definitely does but, some oddball things, too. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. But uh, I, thought I, I lo- we didn't even actually really touch on technical. A, a lot of that yeah, stuff, but like there, that. there's a lot of like creative filmmaking in here. Yeah. With, like, especially at the party scene yeah, where he's we having these weird flashbacks and he's having these weird visions and shit. And it's just, I yeah. thought it was... We'll have to save it for Midnight Cowboy 2. Yeah. It felt very unsafe. The, the, story, like, the storytelling side of it the way the director told the story was creative and interesting yeah but i would agree i don't think it's i don't think it's a cult film fantastic film watch it but does it does it go in the cult film library of cult film review i mean yeah i mean it would go, i don't know like i guess it would go in our library yeah of course i mean it's because we covered it we're not erasing we, we, this episode we, we just what <laughs> whoa did you hear what chris just said he said we have the power to turn a film into a cult film even if that <laughs> film is an oscar-winning <laughs> film we can say, you know what? Now that we've done an episode on it, it's a cold film. It's a cold film. film and review catalog. I can see John yeah, Voight like listening to the show. Anaconda. <laughs> we already did that one. <laughs> He's like, ah, oh, that's too Dustin. Yeah, <laughs> that's too Mr. Hoffman. <laughs> that I'm in on cold film and review. Yeah. One for you. That was oh, shocks. I, I, I love fantasizing that they that they have a that they have a competition about who has more <laughs> films on cult film yeah. and review podcasts. Yeah, so and what alternate that reality is weird that? Weirdest, yeah. So we got a review to read, guys. Calm down. We have a review to read. Let's get this shout out on the way. Who's got it up? I got it pulled up right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we yeah we do have a review. This comes at us from Brennan eighty six. Yeah. And the title of the review is Good Listen for Film Nerds. It's a five-star review. Woo! And he says, I always enjoy the conversations. Good analysis without taking yourselves too seriously. Keep it up. 
And then he has a uh, postscript here, a PS. His PS, Cody thought too hard about Secret of Nim. <laughs> Wait, can I, it's Brandon? Colin. It's Brennan. Brennan. 86. Brennan. Are you out? Brennan, uh, you can't just leave a review and say that we uh, uh, don't take ourselves too seriously and then say I take myself too seriously. You can't. Because argument. he's That's correct. My argument. You did take That's my argument. I went back and listened to your name, and yeah, you do get hung up <laughs> on some weird shit like mystical rats. It's like it's a cartoon. That is true. He he, <laughs> he was he was too hung up on the fact that it's magic and science? <laughs> what? No way. In an animated film about talking animals? <laughs> what? <laughs> I just, I'm just never. <laughs> Sir, you have taken All this right. too far. Brent you might be right, and thank you for that five-star <laughs> review. Uh, we really appreciate it. Guys, if you want a shout-out on the show, all you got to do is leave us a five-star review, and we will give you a shout-out. Or, or any star or review. One star any, review. No star right. review. That's true. We've done that, too. We usually do just any star. Sorry, leave guys. Leave us a review on iTunes, and we'll give you a shout-out at the end of the show. That's what I fucking meant to say. Yeah. It's the end of the show. That We were real serious during this episode, so I'm kind of just cutting loose at the end. Yeah, just let it all flat Yeah, out. and it's just getting flat real sloppy. Out. Uh, so do us a favor, head over to our Facebook page, like us there, head over to Instagram and Twitter at cultfilm underscore review, you can follow us there, then make sure you subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on YouTube, redbubble.com, CFIR in the search bar, buy yourself a shirt, you can follow Kyle at, you can follow me on Instagram at cultfilm underscore Kyle, you can follow Chris at, cultfilm underscore Chris on Instagram, you can follow Mike at, at Mike Solicio on Twitter. And you can follow me at VHS Collect on Instagram and Snapchat. That's our show for this week. Remember, guys, if you're going to join a cult, make sure they follow Christian Slater. New York City. New York City. Pick up the pace. <laughs>